mai ka piina ka la i hae hae ai ka mole olu ole hua. Aloha. Velina mai e kia naina e ho'olohe nei kei ala. Aloha nui to all of you who are listening to this very first installment of Kaleo o Kauluau, a podcast to celebrate the places of Hawaii. The Olelo Ho'olauna, or introduction that I just said, speaks of two important places on the Paiaina, or archipelago of Hawaii. Those two places are Ha'e Ha'e, at the easternmost tip of the island of Hawaii where the sun rises, and Lehua, a small island on the north side of Ni'ihau, at the other end of the archipelago where the sun sets. By calling forth these two important places that mark the two ends of these main Hawaiian islands, we include all who are listening, wherever you may be, in this podcast journey we are about to embark on. And with that, Velina Mai, welcome to Kaleo o Kaulua. Aloha mai kako. My name is Drew Camp, and I'd like to bring with me those environmental elements of my home place, nestled in the Oma'olala forest on the slopes of Kilauea Volcano, in the Ahupua of Kiao, in the Moku of Puna, on the island of Hawaii. I am joined by my hoa aloha, Leilani Dimelo. Aloha mai kako. O vau o Leilani Dimelo. O wai anai ku'u vahi hanai, o makaha ku'u kai. O Hawaii nui kuauli ku'u mokuponi. O olaa ku'u vaukele, a o kilauea ku'u mauna hiva hiva. Aloha. I am one of your hosts and I'm excited to be here today with my friend Drew on the very first episode of Kaleo Kauluau. Now, I'll pass it over to you, Drew, to explain a little bit more about the name of our podcast. Mahalo, Lei. And we extend our deepest mahalo to you, our listeners, as we launch this first of many episodes of the podcast Kaleo Kauluau. This name has been chosen to recognize and honor a named Hawaiian makani, or wind, that presents itself at Waiakea in Hilo, some folks say at the cliffs of Hilo. We reflect on the functions of wind in Hawaii, which, among other things, serves to transport and convey. Wind carries seeds that spread life. Wind spreads life forms themselves. It's key in navigation. It moves our beautiful clouds and rains. It cools us down. It thrills us by its sometimes exhilarating nature and, importantly, conveys our voices, mana'o or thoughts, and our energy. Kaleo is the voice of this particular wind associated with the place Waiakea, from which this podcast comes to you. This project is the brainchild of the Importance of Place Committee here at UH Hilo, which is comprised of faculty, staff, students, and community members. It really takes a collective effort to make something like this happen, and we want to send a special mahalo to the UH Hilo Chancellor's Office and the Kipuka Native Hawaiian Student Center for their support and kokua with ensuring the success of this podcast. The purpose of Kaleo Kauluau is to ho'okama aina or acquaint listeners to the island of Hawaii. We know that some of you might be from different places and have little knowledge of this new place that you are in, and it makes us happy to be able to share the many interesting stories of Hawaii. For our local listeners, who have either been here most of your lives or who have been here since birth, I have no doubt that what our future guests will share will be just as fascinating. Leilani, how often will our listeners get to hear new episodes of Kaleo Kauluau? That's a good question. So here's some basic information about Kaleo Kauluau. There will be 24 episodes to this podcast series, 
four per each of the six moku of this island, and Drew here will explain more about what that means shortly. Each episode will be 30 minutes long and be available every other week on the 1st and 15th of the month. We hope that you will listen, enjoy, and share us with others you think would also appreciate learning more about Hawaii. These episodes are available on multiple platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have a website posted at hilo.hawaii.edu slash blog slash kaleo kauluau, but don't worry if you didn't catch all that. The information is also listed in the program description where you're listening from. Our podcast is structured in such a way that we take you, the listener, on a huaka'i, or a journey around our island, paying visits to various significant places. But they're not simply visits. They're more like orientations to each place, where we delve deeply into what makes each place special, unique, and storied. As many of our listeners know intimately, Hawaii culture is deeply rooted in place. Lei, would you like to share your mana'o about this? Yes, aina. Place or land is something that's highly celebrated in Hawaiian culture. Before Ikawa Mamua, the land was the most valuable thing to Kanaka, the people who inhabited these islands. Hawaiians were one with the land and had a reciprocal relationship with it. As the Olelo Noeau or proverbial saying goes, Healii ka aina, he kawa ke Kanaka. The land is a chief and humankind its servant. Humans tended to the land and in return received food and necessities for everyday survival. Before, there were no big box stores that you could just run to when you wanted to. The aina was where people had to find everything from their dinner to their blanket to sleep with. As such, aina is at the core of Hawaiian culture and is celebrated in chants and songs from time immemorial until this very day. Hawaiians are also very cognizant of aina and have a structured way of looking at the lay of the land. In this podcast, we will huaka'i or travel to different moku or districts of Hawaii. Drew, could you tell us a little bit more about what a moku is? Of course, it would be my pleasure. A moku is a subdivision of a Hawaiian island, and each moku is typically composed of ahupua'a, which are land divisions that run mauka to makai, as many of us know, from the uplands into the sea and provide diverse resources to keep a society thriving. Chief Umiali Loa is often credited for implementing the Ahupua system on Hawaii Island. Many moku are roughly equivalent to chiefdoms of a more ancient era, and today each moku retains a special identity and significance for the people of that place. There are six traditional moku that make up the island of Hawaii, and each one is grand in size and in history, the individual moku of Hawaii Island are larger than even some of the main Hawaiian islands. Many of the moku of this island also converge powerfully in the summit region of Mauna Loa. Our podcast will take you, the listener, around this island in a direction that's sometimes referred to as clockwise. We begin with the moku or district of Hilo, then move on to Puna, then Kau, Kona, Kohala, and finally Hamakua. Some sources suggest a ritual conception of the direction of travel. For example, in the foundational work of Mary Kavanapukui and her colleagues called Nanaike Kumu, Kupuna tell us, we were told to travel with the right hand toward the mountain if we wanted to store and hold anything in our minds. But if we wanted to get rid of grief or unhappiness or unpleasantness in our thoughts, then we traveled with the right hand towards the sea. One of the reasons behind this is that the ocean can symbolize release and purification. 
So because this series of podcasts is about remembering the importance of place and holding this knowledge in our minds, knowledge that can and should be passed through generations, we choose to travel with our right hand toward the mountain. With that said, we invite you to consider melee, chants, and other rituals that present different sequences of moving around our island. There's a well-known olelonoeau, or poetical saying, aohe paukaike ikahalau hookahi, that reminds us that not all knowledge is derived from the same source. We celebrate the idea of a multiplicity of informed understandings. In our series, we'll highlight each moku and do so by sharing a mo'olelo, a story, an account of that moku, delivered by a series of very special guests who are kupa aina, or native residents of that place, or who are very well acquainted with it through living and working the land or the sea there. I can't wait to see who comes to visit us and to hear more about the mo'olelo and vahipana that they have formed relationships with. Yes, vahipana, or storied places, will be featured on each episode. As we talked about earlier, relationships with land are very important, not only in Hawaii and for Hawaiians, but for most indigenous people around the world. We all have connections to the places we hold dear in our hearts, and Hawaii is no exception. You yourselves, our dear listeners, have your own connections to place, and it has helped shape who you are as a person. We each have our special places. Speaking of important places, we're going to start here in Waiakea and progress as mentioned around this island, Hawaii. For those who might not have known, Hawaii is also known by other names such as Moku o Keawe, which means Island of Keawe, who is the son of Umialiloa and a famous chief of Hawaii. Or Hawaii Nui Kuauli, which beautifully describes Hawaii of the verdant back. Hawaii Nui a Keawe Nui a Umi, which is also named after the Ali'i Keawe. Or, you might have heard the Big Island, but we prefer using the traditional names of this land. I love the name Hawaii Kuauli. But Lei, why do you feel that way about using traditional names? Over the years, I have come to learn the importance of names and the naming process here in Hawaii, and that includes place names. Our kupuna gave names to places with thought and purpose. If you look at Hawaiian place names and think about what they mean, you will see that a lot of information can be gleaned from even the shortest of names. For many of them, it was after being at a place for an extended period of time that they could learn the ano or characteristics of that place, and what they observed while there would often be reflected in the name that was chosen. Mahalo le. And now that you, our listeners, know more about why this podcast project was started and why we're here, Let's start with a brief overview of this place, Waiakea. If you're a student at UH Hilo or even Hawaii Community College in Hilo, you should be especially aware of Waiakea because it's the land upon which our institutions are located. Waiakea feeds us in so many different ways. I agree. Could you tell us more about Waiakea? Sure. Waiakea is a land, but it's also an ahupua'a. In fact, it's the second largest ahupua'a of all of the approximately 100 ahupua of the moku of Hilo. Waiakea encompasses famous places like Panaeva that we so strongly associate with the lovely Maile vine, or Keokaha along the rocky shoreline, and Hilohanakahi. Waiakea runs from the point of Leleivi all the way up to the pu'u or volcanic cone named Kulani, where it joins with other ahupua of the moku of Puna and Kau. Both Leleivi and Kulani serve as visual landscape markers, and the point of Leleivi represents one end of the vast bay of Hilo, also called Waiakea Bay. And then the easily recognizable Pu'u Kulani orients the viewer to the convergence point 
of three moku and situates the viewer in our island cartography. Wow, that was a lot of place names you just shared in describing the boundaries of one moku. Yep, it's true. Hilo is among the oldest major population centers in the island too, and it continues to be the most populous community on the island still today. Hilo has had the resources to sustain a large population for over a thousand years, including the largest bay on the island, innumerable freshwater sources, and forested uplands that not only provide critical resources to sustain a traditional community, but also to catch and retain and slowly release that life-giving water. The historical population of Hilo was concentrated in the lowlands and coastlines of Waiakea, extending towards the Wailuku River into other Ahupua'a. The lowlands of Waiakea possessed a great abundance of lokoi'a, or fish ponds, including Waihonu, Hanalei, Hoakimau, Mohouli, Waiahole, and Waiakea, and many of those were clustered around the estuary of the Wailoa. It is impressive the amount of lokoi'a, Hawaiian fish ponds, found in this moku. You can see how important vai is in many of the names you just shared, such as waiakea, wailuku, waihonu, and waiahole. Fresh water really is an important aspect of our lives. Yes, that's very true. And finally, waiakea and hilo has pr- provided, been provided with a vast and sturdy foundation by the volcano Mauna Loa, And the lands themselves are a series of massive outpourings of lava whose source is the great summit caldera of Mokuaveoveo and Pu'u and fissures on the flanks of this nurturing and revered volcano. As Leigh mentioned earlier, it's important to understand the meanings that are embedded within place names to be able to develop meaningful relationships with places. Such meanings reveal aspects of history, environmental characteristics, as well as important messages about how to properly interact with those places. That's really important. If we consider the place name Waiakea, we could deconstruct the name to begin to understand the identity of the place. Wait, what do you mean by deconstruct? Well, it's a little bit like taking apart something to expose the the kernels of meaning that inform the the name. The word vai is the most common environmental feature to appear in Hawaiian place names overall. And it not only speaks to the presence of fresh water in various localities in the islands, but it also speaks to the importance of vai in community and in culture. Vai infers life itself, and that is a powerful thing. Akea references vastness, expansiveness, something of very broad character. You may even be able to see connections with Wakea, the cosmogenic sky father, who is the expansiveness of the heavens, and after whom Mauna Kea, sometimes referred to as Mauna Awakea, is named in the Mele Koihonua, called Ohanawahuakalani, a genealogical chant for King Kawikeauli. Doing a simple pairing of vai and akea, we may be able to move towards the image of a place with vast water resources, moving under the land, forming ponds and a large estuary, water emerging as springs not only at the shoreline, but on the seafloor of Waiakea Bay itself. All of this water connotes an incredible richness of life, and therefore possibility. Wow, our kupuna were so akamai. Yes, they are. And what's more, there are more than 30 olalono'eau, those poetical sayings and proverbs that reference places in Waiakea. This tells us of the great importance of Waiakea in traditional worldviews and stories. And one particularly resident olalono'eau, compiled by Mary Kavanapukui, is associated with the place in Waiakea called Mokaulele. It is Na lehua o mokaulele, the lehua blossoms of mokaulele, these blossoms so often named in chants and songs. 
We bring this olelo no'eo to your attention, dear listener, because our podcast on the UH Hilo campus is coming to you from Mokaulele in Waiakea. Lehua feature prominently in both Hilo and Waiakea, and perhaps the most famous Hawaiian rain, one of those 50-odd different named rains of Hilo, the most anywhere in all the islands, is the Kani Lehua. This rain not only references Hilo itself, but also the interaction between Lehua blossoms and this sounding rain or even the clamor of forest birds in response to that interaction. The Kanilehua rain follows a particular pattern, both in terms of its travel across Waiakea and even the times of day when it's most likely to occur. It's an intense rain that darkens the skies and drenches the people and pelts the Lehua blossom, but it does not last long. And a special note for us, as the Kanilehua rain sweeps across Waiakea from its origins at Panaeva or Leleiwi, passing Mokuola at its northernmost extremity, our cherished Mokaulele is a destination for the Kanilehua rain. Waiakea is featured prominently in so many stories, and it's quite likely that you're going to hear some of them in our upcoming podcasts. Could you tell us more about that, Drew? What's an example of a story associated with Waiakea? Well, one example is the Ka'au, or epic of Hi'iakaikapolio Pele, that beloved youngest sister of Pele, who traversed the great forest of Panaeva that joins Puna with Waiakea on her journey to fetch Lohiau for Pele. At Panaeva, Hi'iaka famously battled Mo'o and other supernatural beings, defeating each one, assisted by her relatives, in their powerful environmental forms. Later, as Hi'iaka descended toward the shoreline, her powers of healing and her generosity became even more apparent. At one point, she encountered a group of women en route to Mokaulele to gather lehua, and Hi'iaka was inspired to chant, <clears throat> which might be roughly translated as At Waiakea, Hilohanakahi, they rise early in the morning, and into the Lelehua of Hilo they interweave hala with the Lehua. So handsome is Hilo, Hilo Hanakahi. The sights, traditions, and fragrances of Waiakea are vivid in this short and beautiful chant of Hi'iaka. At the, at the Kahakai, or the coast of Waiakea, the adventures of Hi'iaka continue, and she has wondrous interactions with all sorts of people. For example, she was able to summon great numbers of fish to gather in the sea to help a fisherman secure his catch. She turned an annoying man into stone, and she confronted disembodied spirits before moving on towards the great river Wailuku and Hilo Paliku, Hilo of the Upright Cliffs. Oh, and there's also Mokuola. There are stories associated with Mokuola, that little island in Hilo Bay that is also part of Waiakea, that feature Maui, a famous son of Hina. Mokuola is a premier vahipana for Hilo and Waiakea and has served as a pu'uhonua, or place of refuge, for Hilo. And it's an important ceremonial space for healing and health, flanked by small islands whose function included the ritual drying of bones. Many people pass by there without realizing that Mokuola is a very significant place. It's a good example of a place name that's important, but not always used or spoken. Mokuola is 
often casually referred to as Coconut Island these days, but by saying Mokuola, we remember its vibrant and important role in history and we help make it live again. Oh, Lakainoa, long live the name Mokuola. And now I'm remembering stories associated with Leleivi, that spiritual leaping off point, and the ponds that are nearby. There are more stories about the many fish ponds along the coastline from Honokea at Waiuli to Lokoaka and Haleolono at the edge of Keokaha. And there's a story I heard about Hina, who dwelled with her brother, Kipapalaulu, in Waiakea Bay, with her umeke, or calabash, whose contents became the moon and the stars, providing guiding forces for farming and fishing traditions, mahi'ai and lava'a. Waiakea is indeed a place so full of stories, and it will be great to hear more from our future guests. As we wrap up this first podcast, Drew, can you share a little bit about your personal connections to Waiakea? Yes, of course. The land of Waiakea has been my teacher, and the place um, in which so much of my learning about Hawaii culture has occurred, through both formal education at Hawaii Community College and UHILO, and also through direct personal engagement with Wahipona and the environmental elements of this part of Hilo. It's the aina in which my introduction to hula and other cultural practices has taken place. Much of my professional life as a geography instructor at Hawaii Community College and UH Hilo has developed in Waiakea, and I've solidified a personal relationship with places in Waiakea, such as Honokea Loko and Haleolono, through bringing my students to learn and engage in malama aina activities over many years. Mokuola is the place where I wrap up every semester with my classes and celebrate our graduates, our graduates during sunrise ceremonies each May. It's the place where I go to find sanctuary, peace, balance, and a fresh start when I need it. When I think of Hilo, I remember that this community shares its name with the first moon phase of the Hawaiian lunar cycle. The Hilo moon is a slender curve, and it can be sighted each lunar month around sunset, just before setting behind the great Mauna that rise to the west of Hilo. The Hilo moon signals the beginning of a new cycle, one of newness that's anchored in something that is also as ancient as the first observation. And Waiakea reminds us of our potential and in the context of being part of an expansive community that provides what we need to live. That's so beautiful, Drew. I'm fortunate to be able to call you my friend, and I'm so thankful that you have reintroduced me to these places and see them in a whole new light. It is because of Drew here that I decided to become a certified UH van driver just so I could go on various huaka'i with his classes. I moved here from Oahu over a decade ago, and ever since, I have learned so much more about Hawaii and its history since being part of this place. Being able to create lasting relationships with so many special people and places has definitely helped me deepen my appreciation for everything that I have been taught, and it makes me want to keep learning and growing. When my ohana and friends visit, I am able to share what I know and explain the things about different places that we don't see with our eyes, but definitely feel in our na'au. Even knowing the meanings of place names is enough to build a connection and understanding with a place. But when I think of Waiakea, I consider it an important place, a pico even, of my knowledge, because it is in Waiakea that I have met kumu, or teachers, and friends who I am grateful for. I started as a student at Hawaii Community College, not really knowing my place or what direction I was heading in. Actually, 
It was when I took the Pico Hawaii class with Kumulea Aloha Kalei Mamahu that I felt an overwhelming sense of belonging and desire to learn more about my Hawaiian culture. And it was a pivotal moment in my academic journey. I felt that I was exactly where I needed to be, and from there, I ended up pursuing a bachelor's at UH Hilo from Kahakaula o Ke'eliko Lani in Hawaiian Studies. Wow, what a powerful journey, Lei. Mahalo for sharing that. I think we've all learned some new things about Waiakea and some of the surrounding places on the Hilo side of this island. These lands are steeped in vai in richness, and I look forward to welcoming our guests and hearing their perspectives on the importance of place. Mahalo, Drew. Yes, we did learn a lot. Today, we talked about the important information regarding this podcast and what we aim to do with our time with you, our audience. We will be covering a lot of ground, so to speak, with many guests in the upcoming installments, and we look forward to you joining us on our huaka'i to these celebrated places of Hawaii so that we may learn more about and gain a greater appreciation of the beautiful place we live in, Hawaii. Mahalo again for lending your ears to this introductory episode of Kaleo Kauruau. Please join us again for our second episode, which will be released on January 15th. Don't forget to visit our website for more information and updates. Until then, ahui ho. Aloha. <laughs>